Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the He's got time at the 10 to the 5, yes. to the end zone, touchdown, and a dagger! Giannis into the lane, Giannis spinning, fading shot, up, gone for Giannis at the buzzer! Bucks win it! Hi, and welcome to the Bucks Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. I am always am your host, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla. I'm here with Sunshine and T Plush. We are here, of course, to t- talk the Milwaukee Bucks. So, last week we talked a bit about um, free agency and we touched a bit on the upcoming NBA draft. But we didn't talk specifics. We just talked about what we were looking for in a draft pick. And we did not talk specific players because I said that the NBA draft was too far away to get into specifics. Me, being stupid, didn't realize that the draft was this Thursday. So, with the draft mere days away... We're going to start talking some more specifics about the draft. I was so used to having about a month and a half, two months between the Bucks' last game and the NBA draft to prepare, but something weird happened. The Bucks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, so we did not get a whole ton of time between the Bucks' last game and the NBA draft. So, now we're just going to talk about it. We have, of course, of course the 30th pick because we had the best record in the NBA during the regular season so guys have your thoughts changed from last week about the type of player you're looking for the Bucks to draft this year I don't think mine have changed a whole lot kind of seemed like we were on the consensus last week where it was we wanted somebody who could shoot threes and stretch the floor no matter the position and then obviously have lots of energy on defense um, I guess really the only thing that's changed for me is I'd much rather us draft, draft uh, someone who can contribute right away um, rather than a prospect. Um, you know, as you know, we're trying to build this championship team here, I think the logic of drafting a prospect um, isn't the route to go. Um, if you're, you know, hoping that someone's going to produce, you know, a few years down the road, well, okay, that does not really help us this year. I'd much rather have us get someone who are like, yes, we're going to hopefully rely on this player to be a pretty good role player because we don't know what's going to happen in free agency, and obviously that means less money we would have to spend. Um, so I think by drafting somebody who they say is you know, NBA-ready, um, has a pretty good college resume, and you think, hey, we can just plug them in and they'll be good, um, that's the route I'd like to see the Milwaukee Bucks go. Well, what happened last year? Dante was NBA ready. He was a very productive college player. He was not at all 
a consistent role player. You're. I mean, he started pretty well. Well, he uh, was he shooting got like, a lot of minutes early. He was like shooting twenty six percent from three early on, and he's yeah, supposed to be a three has, point shooter. Right. I mean, he was, was a rookie. He started getting a lot more comfortable and a lot better as it went on. And then he just got a bad uh, string of injuries there, kept him out the whole year. I still would have rather seen Pat all year. Um, <laughs> Pat started shitty too. <laughs> I know, but he he did good at the end of the year. <laughs> um, maybe a little recency bias, but I I could go either way. I am okay with them picking someone that is quote unquote NBA ready. Um, I'm also completely okay with the project because. I mean, there's a lot of talent on this team already, especially if we bring back most of the free agents that we have. Um, I think there's not a ton of roster and really rotation spots available um, for a rookie. So I would I would be completely okay with drafting someone based on potential and see what you can get out of them in working with Bud and this coaching staff. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean a bit towards more Trevor's side. Uh, pretty much everyone on our roster this year was able to contribute besides um, Christian Wood, who probably could have contributed. He just didn't get the chance. Um, but I I don't know. We got DJ Wilson, Sterling Brown, who I guess I don't have a whole ton of faith in as a solid consistent role player going forward um but yeah you got pat Paul gasol if he comes back ursan's a good role player so we are a really deep team and drafting at 30 i don't think you're gonna get somebody who's nba ready enough to replace any of those guys in the rotation personally well um Remember in the second round a few years back, we got Malcolm Brogdon at, like, what, 36 or something? Yeah, how good were we back then? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) But there is that, like, four-year college player, because of their age, they don't get drafted in the first round. There is that potential at the 30th pick as well. Right, there are some guys who, who are probably going to fall that low because of their age. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I could see that, but like someone like um, May, I don't see him out playing Ursan for minutes or DJ. But, I mean, we'll see. It could be a surprise. It could definitely be a surprise. I, I guess it all depends on who the player is at the best player available. Uh, at our draft pick that could be someone who hasn't reached their potential yet um, so, who's got a ton of intangibles that's super young um, a ton of potential could become someone good it could be someone who's totally ready um, that just slipped a bit in the draft so I I mean I guess I don't have a preference I feel fine going either way because odds are we are going to lose at least one or two of our free agents so might need someone to fill in even if they are like the 10th man or something we might need that so i guess either way it'd it'd be fine with me so just looking back at some of the previous uh picks at the 30 spot you got solid role players in um josh hart kevon looney 
Kyle Anderson, Festus Azili, uh, even further back with Anderson Verjao, David Lee. Um, and then you got some guys who weren't that great. I mean, Omari Spellman was a rookie. He had a solid rookie year for the Hawks, but I mean, the Hawks were really bad. So it's hard to um, really measure how how good he was. Uh, you got Damian Jones, who spent some time starting for the Warriors this year due to injuries. Um, you got, of course, a couple really good players. You got Jimmy Butler, who turned out to be a star. Uh, you got Gilbert Arenas, who turned out to be a really good player. So I guess I, I did leave out some players. I mean, you got like Lazar Hayward, who was supposed to be a good player, just never turned out to be a good one. Um, a couple guys who were drafted as draft and stash guys in Europe who never ended up coming over. So there's a range, but I mean, if you look at those guys that I did name, that gives you some hope because all those guys were contributors to their team. So, I mean, that we could be finding someone who is NBA ready and able to contribute like that. Um, so I guess, do you guys think that we end up keeping our pick? Obviously we have to make our pick since we've already, uh, we have to commit our pick next year to the Suns. So do you think we keep our pick or do we package it right after we select the player? Uh, I'm not, I'm not seeing how a package could play out. I don't know what leverage we have, so I'm thinking we probably keep it. Well, so so the only thing it would help with is um, maybe trading down for a couple picks, um, maybe packaging it with um, Tony or Ursan's contract to get rid of that. Um, now is the time to trade before everyone picks up their free agents, so everyone's got some cap space. So um, so we can't trade that, up for the fourth draft. pick for the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean if, <laughs> I don't know who we could give up <laughs> but uh, yeah I heard the Suns are looking to get rid of their pick and they're looking for uh, a capable veteran point guard so maybe they want uh, Eric Bledsoe back <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> I, I doubt it <laughs> I, don't, I don't know they've made some dumb moves recently <laughs> Um, uh, Trevor, what do you think? I I don't know. I think there is an opportunity to get rid of it. Um, and I think that might be if, you know, one of the, you know, maybe six first picks of the second round, they're looking for a specific player. Um, maybe they move up to grab them at 30. And maybe to do that, they the Bucks just say okay you can have this, uh, but you can take Tony Snell contract too, um, and then we wouldn't get really we'd probably get their second round pick in return so it's not like a huge win but getting that contract off the books going into free agency would be huge. Um, that's for getting rid of the pick like that's what I see happening is someone moving up because they want a specific player and then us packaging Tony Snell with it. Um, somehow, um, you probably have to give up at least one or two future second round picks. And I'm completely okay with that. 
but something like that is how I see them moving it. Otherwise, I I could see them keeping the pick as well and just taking who they think is going to be the best fit and the best player available. Yeah, I, I don't know. I The more I think about it, the more I think that they're just going to keep it because we don't have many picks coming up in the future and those rookie contracts are really valuable especially when we are on such a tight budget as a team Uh, so unloading Tony Snell's contract is one thing but having a player on a really cheap contract for the next potentially four years is another thing Um, so uh, we can't keep signing guys to veteran minimum deals like one-year deals because uh, then you have stuff like George Hill, who turns out to be a really important piece, but then we might not be able to afford him the next year. So I think we're going to end up keeping this pick uh, unless, like you said, someone really wants to move up, someone is willing to take on Tony, and they're willing to do a kind of lopsided deal to put us further back in the second round. Um I think that'd be ideal, but who knows? So, uh, we're just going to go talk about some names that we like. Uh, So, why don't we each talk about a couple guys that we think we should keep an eye out for uh, as a good fit for the Bucks? Who wants to start? I can start. Sure. (laughs) Um, So... I guess the first guy that I had highlighted who is Ty Jerome, the guard from Virginia, which is kind of funny because, you know, that's where we got Malcolm Brogdon Brogdon from. So I'm like, we've had good luck there. That'd be kind of cool. But, I mean, he's a 6'5 guard. Um, He played three seasons for Virginia. Um, Obviously, if you watched the national championship game, you saw him uh, post a 16, 8, and 6 stat line. Um, but I mean, throughout his entire career, he's, he's a very good three point shooter. Um, his last season in Virginia shot 39.9%. Um, but he does have, you know, a little bit concerns, uh, finishing inside, um, not necessarily getting to the rim. It's just more of his finishing ability. Um, but that being said, he is a very good passer. So, you know, what the Bucks look for is, you know, someone who has, you know, possesses both those qualities, someone who can shoot obviously, and then. Even if he's, you know, not going to be finishing a lot, if he's a good passer, able to make the right decision, um, dish the ball out to his teammates on the, on the arc, um, I think that would be a good fit for the Bucks. That's my first guy. Yeah, that really goes along with your uh, NBA ready pick. <laughs> You'll see the pattern there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Trevor, you who's your first guy um my first guy and I know Scott you had him too is Cameron Johnson um and that is really because this guy can shoot and he can shoot the lights out of the ball um so he was actually a five-year player in college uh played just eight games his first year that was with Pitt um he ended up transferring to North Carolina in the 17-18 season and then he played there 1819 as well um but i'm just gonna go those five years his three point percentage because this is like what made me 
want him. Um, 34.8% that first year, then 37.5, 41.5, 34.1, and then this most recent year, 45.7 points a game, or percentage, 45.7, sorry. And his points per game in his final season was 16.9. Um, he did get average just under six rebounds, two and a half assists a game as well. Um, so overall, pretty good numbers. Also, very good free throw shooter. Um, over 80% basically is his entire career. Um, so overall, just wonderful shooting numbers, and that's really what we want. Um so yeah, that was my first first option for me. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned him. He's one of my guys that's high up on the board for me. It sounds like he's shooting up the draft boards right now. Um they're saying he might he just had a workout um for oh, crap, who was it? The number 11 pick. Timberwolves. Is the Timberwolves, yeah. So uh <laughs> he he definitely has a shot at going way high um but he's considered possibly the best shooter in the draft which i mean why wouldn't you want that um he's great at making his own shot um obviously a great stroke so uh we'll see if he falls i don't see how we could pass on him um honestly there are a lot of guys that I would definitely be happy with the Bucks taking in this draft. Um, <laughs> I guess one that I'll mention right away is Luka Semanic. Uh, he's a power forward out of Croatia, 6'11", stretch big. Um, he, I mean, he's, he's shot up the draft boards recently too. He did really well in the combine. Um, he's a great shooter, post-up scorer. Uh, he's got a great passing IQ. Um, he's actually pretty quick on his feet for being so big. Um, and with the uncertainty in our big guys, Brooke and Nico, leaving, uh, he could definitely be a nice pickup in the draft for us. Um, we're going to do it a snake style. So I'm going to say another person that I'd like. Um, sorry, Tyler, you're going to have to wait. <coughs> <laughs> um so another guy that I actually really like I wish I knew how to say his name a lot better but Mifandu Gebenjeli Does that sound right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh out of Florida State, he's a center. Um 6'10 guy, NBA body, uh 7'3 wingspan. He stepped up really big for the Seminoles uh, late in the NCAA season, and he did really well in the tournament for them. Um, he, he's he got a solid shooting touch. He shot 37% from three last season. Uh, he was the sixth man of the year in the ACC. Uh, he led his team in scoring, even though he came off the bench. Um, He's a really good rim protector and rebounder. So um, I think that's something that we've said we wanted is a stretch big who can play some really good defense, defend the rim. So um, that's a guy that I'd look out for as well. Trevor. 
All right, my next guy, um, <clears throat> not that we know who we're going to be able to re-sign in free agency, but my next guy is if we can't sign George Hill, and that's Carson Edwards. He's a guard from Purdue. Um, you may remember him if you're watching the tournament in the Elite Eight, I believe. Um, they played Virginia. Yes, the Elite Eight. They played Virginia, and they actually lost that game in overtime, obviously, 75-80. to 80. Uh, But he went off. He scored 42 points in that game, so he's a very good scorer. Um, on the season, he averaged 24 points, um, three and a half boards, just under three assists. So he is a scorer, um, but he's a pretty good one. Uh, overall, as a career, or the 18-19 stats, he was shooting about 39% from the field, 34 from three. Previous years, he was shooting 35 and 40% from three. Um, about an 80% free throw shooter. Um, so overall, a pretty damn good shooter. And got better recently, um, you know, shooting 35% from 339 from the field. He was he was pretty good, um, and he was just the heart and soul of that Purdue offense. So, you know, on the second team, once he feels comfortable in the NBA, he'd be able to kind of lead that bench mob and hopefully score a lot of points when Giannis and Chris and whoever else is off the floor. You think he's going to fall that far? Probably not. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I was just looking at, because you never know what's going to happen, um, especially in the NBA draft, you never know where players are going to fall. Um, but in this mock draft I looked at, I they have him at 28. I've seen him at like 15, so I I have no idea where he's going to yeah, go. I've seen but... him in the second round. Really? <laughs> all over the place <laughs> yeah yeah this draft is weird man there's the players are falling players are shooting up the boards players are just all over the place i feel like that's every year in the nba draft though like after the top yeah. top like five to ten everything is all like you never know where players are gonna go yeah it's just who you like better as a team Mm-hmm. yeah all right, Tyler. Um, so, yeah, next guy I had, totally going to butcher his name too, is Chuma Okiki from Auburn, 6'9 uh, forward. Good pick. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, his stat <laughs> line averaged uh, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, what I like about him is, you know, he shot 38% um, from the three-point line, so he can come in and shoot the threes for the Bucks. Um, but then also, more importantly, he has the ability to create shots for himself. Um, so, you know, if I'm telling you we're going to draft a 6'9 forward who shoots threes, you're like, oh, so basically a Tony Snell. But no, not quite. He can. He does have more to that than just shooting threes. Um, and then defensively, he's... He's a beast as well. Um, last year, he averaged over a block a game and then just under two steals a game. So, you know, that ability to play both ways um, and then space the floor, I think he'd be very valuable to the Bucks. And then the second guy who I have here, seeing how we're going in snake order, is Zach Norvell Jr., the uh, 6'5 guard from Gonzaga. Um, out of my guys, he's who I'm the least high on. Um, 
But I think if you're looking for a plug-and-play guy, he fits in perfectly. Um, throughout his college career, he shot 60% of his shots from beyond the three-point line and ended up shooting a career 37%. So obviously that's that's dang impressive given the volume of what he's shooting. Um, but that being said, his weaknesses are obviously attacking and finishing inside, which is something he would definitely have to do in the NBA. And then decision-making, um, he didn't quite have as good of he didn't take care of the ball as well as we would have liked uh, but you know that can change if he works on it um, but in terms of throwing him in there to space the floor he's he knows how to shoot threes and he will not be afraid to let it fly all right does that mean i'm up yes sir yep okay so am i limited to three people or no go for it go for what <laughs> share share as many as you want bud okay um the next person i'm gonna share then is keldon johnson another johnson um this one is kind of different than the rest of my players because he was a one-year player in college so he probably won't fall this far um but he was in that I believe when I saw 19, um, again, this the NBA draft is the eye of the beholder, so maybe he falls. Um, but a one-year player, um, so he's pretty exciting. He only averaged 13.5 points. He was with Kentucky um, this year. He did have almost six rebounds a game, one and a half assists. Um, but... He is a good three-point shooter. He shot 38% from three, 46 from the field. Um, and being on Kentucky, he just wasn't, like, the main guy, I guess. But, you know, 13 points his freshman year, I feel like that's pretty good. And hopefully he'd be able to kind of continue to grow. So maybe this is more along the prospect line. Um, but I feel like he's young and he could be grow into something very good. And he's a good three-point shooter as of right now, so. Solid. I like it. I like it. Uh, Trevor, I know you have a surprise pick. Uh, I'm just going to say save it because I'm pretty sure we each have one, right? Yes. All right. So we'll save that for after our really realistic ones. All right. Um, so my next one is Matisse Thibel. I think that's how I said it. Um, from Washington. He's a wing defender, uh, lanky guy. He does not offer much on the offensive side of the ball, which does. Uh, I'm sure you're thinking that doesn't really fit with the Bucks, but he is considered the best defender in the draft. Uh, they say he's got elite potential on the defensive side. Uh, not a great shooter, but um, he. I mean, that's something that you can develop. You don't really see players come into the league and develop. Uh, great defending instincts or ability Um, so it's always great to have someone like that in your back pocket that you might need to throw at um, a Kawhi Leonard or something I mean you saw it wasn't super successful but you saw like the Celtics had Semi Ojale who barely played but he only went in pretty much to guard Giannis so that's somebody that you could definitely 
see his value at the 30 pick. Um, next player, honestly, I think this is my number one choice for the 30th pick. Um, Nicholas Claxton, uh, center out of Georgia. This is one guy who really stood out to me throughout the season. Uh, I He is a great defensive big. Uh, he's got amazing instincts. He's got great block timing, um, super long arms. His block rate was 8%. So 8% of the shots that um, were going up when he was defending, he blocked. Uh, he was a very efficient scorer. I believe he was shooting 57% from uh, at the rim. Uh, he also shot fairly well from three. He, uh, I'm pretty sure he shot 37% from three. Don't quote me on that. but um, So he's got some stretch big potential there. So, uh, yeah, with that, I mean, do you guys have any other names that you want to throw out there? As potential picks, not surprises yet. Um, I'm not quite sure what Tyler Hero's draft uh, status is, oh, but it would no, lottery. Yeah, not gonna happen. It would be lottery. cool, you know. He went to Whitnall High School, come back to Milwaukee, but it'd be a good story. Yeah. <laughs> he also he also bailed on the Badgers, so fuck that guy. <laughs> I'd forgive him. <laughs> True. True. Um, I mean, I, yeah, Trevor, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to go on to my next one. I had one more before my surprise one. Okay. Um, and that is Eric Paschel from Villanova. Uh, 6'7", 250 power forward. Um, he, he is a fairly interesting player, and I don't know. Um, not a great three-point shooter, so that was my only hesitation about him. But respectable um so the last two years he shot 35.6 and 34.8 so around that 35 percent mark um which would be good from the power forward position uh he also averaged six rebounds two assists uh half a block and over half a steal a game um so pretty active on the defensive end and that was like the biggest thing that made me him kind of stand out to me and make me want to talk about him um, was that he is just versatile and very energetic on the defensive end. Um, he has the strength to body up bigger guys on the interior, which doesn't always happen anymore. Um, but he just has a lot of energy and a lot of just like no hesitation, no fear mentality on the defensive side, um, which I think fits well with this, with this team. Right. Tyler, you got anyone else? I do not. I'm drafted out. <laughs> All right. I mean, I I mean, I I feel like there's a lot more guys that I could say that I'd want. Um, you got guys like um, Bruno Fernando from Maryland, a big center, um, high motor, elite athlete, um, great shot blocker. Again, you got Darius Baisley, who was going to be uh he was a great recruit out of high school um decided to go a different route than college so um he has been falling a lot but he's still got a ton of potential um i mean you got guys 
Ad- Admiral Schofield uh, from Tennessee, who is an amazing three-point shooter, uh, NBA-ready body. I, I could just go on and on about guys that I would be okay with the Bucks taking. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about our surprise guys. Trevor, why don't you say yours first? Okay. Um, so I thought about putting Schofield in my list too, by the way, Scott. Good call. Um, but for my surprise guy, this is probably a stretch, and maybe this would make more sense if we do that trade I suggested where someone moves up and we dump Tony Snell's contract, and then we can get this guy because I feel like he's not a first-round pick and is not going to go in the first round, or maybe even early second. Um, but I think it is a big swing for the fences, and offensively it doesn't make a ton of sense in the Buck systems, but... I feel like you when there's a guy that's seven feet six inches tall, you got to go for it. Um, so that is obviously Taco Fall. He, oh, fuck I don't, you. <laughs> was that it? Was that yours? No. Oh no, absolutely not, <laughs> dude. I love that guy. Um, so I don't think he's shot a three pointer in college, so that's not great for our system. Like I said, um, but. You know, John Henson didn't shoot before this year, and he looked capable out there when he was shooting, when he was still on the Bucks early in the season. Um, not huge scoring numbers, but I think if you put a seven foot six guy in on our defense and have him play the Brook Lopez role, our second unit defensively would be very good, having that to fall back on. Um, there was one season at UCF where he didn't average over two blocks a game, and he was at 1.9 that year. Um, not a huge scorer, but hopefully we don't need a bunch of scoring and his two and a half blocks a game will be enough to be meaningful contribution. Um, he averaged about 10 or 11 points most of his years, but he did shoot the ball. Well, obviously when you're able to stand and dunk, it's pretty easy to shoot the ball at 75% for his career, but yeah, so that's who I'm going with and hopefully a trade down scenario just because he's you got to go for it. He's seven foot six. Why not? Oh, God. All right, Tyler, do you have one, or was Tyler Hero yours? I was hoping for Hero, but I don't know. I've seen mocks where he goes lottery and then some where he falls, but I doubt he's going to fall that far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it could happen. Um, I, My surprise pick is Bull Bull. That was going to be my other one. <laughs> yeah, so the other giant in this draft, he's he is dropping like a rock down these draft boards. Uh, uh, today I saw him in a couple where he was at like 20. The guy was a lock for top five at the beginning of the season. Um, as the season went on, of course, he got hurt with that foot injury, uh, which for a super tall, super skinny guy is very concerning. But... Um, he's the son of probably my favorite NBA player ever, Manute Bull. Uh, so I, I mean, I feel like it's meant to be. I, I love him with all my heart. He's a he's a, an amazing defensive player uh, who, like Taco Fall, would fit perfectly in our scheme. Um, but unlike Taco Fall, he's got stretchability. He can put the ball on the floor to some extent. And I think he's a bit more mobile than Taco is. So um, 
I mean, it's unlikely he falls all the way down to 30. I don't see him falling past, I don't see him falling even to 20, but um, if it happens, I don't, I don't think there's any way that you could pass on that guy. So that's my super surprise pick. Yeah. I, all right, so what What? What do you want? I, I did want to say his name, but I figured when I saw you had a surprise pick, that's who it was because I knew you loved him, so <laughs> I had to go with someone else. But, yes, Bol Bol would be amazing at 30. Yeah. Or even if he does fall quite a bit and we need to somehow trade up to get him, I'm happy with that too. Um, all right, so we talked about guys that we would be excited to see. As I said, there are a ton of guys that I'd be really happy to see. But there are some guys that I don't think we would be very happy to see get drafted by the Bucks. So, uh, Tyler, you want to take this one? Yeah, my guy is Grant Williams. So, I mean, I've seen mocks where he's in the lottery, and then I've seen him, you know, Bucks taking him at 30. And, yeah, so he's a forward from Tennessee. I've seen him listed at 6'7 and 6'9. So either way, he'd be an undersized forward in the NBA. Um, his, you know, season stats look pretty good. 18 points a game, 7 rebounds, shot over 56% from the field. Um, but, I mean, he was clearly... Um, He's, as a scorer, all he did was finish at the rim. He's so strong and so powerful. He just goes through contact and dunks on people. Um, kind of sounds like Giannis, but his moves aren't nearly as good, obviously, because nobody is. Um, but then from the three-point line, he shot. He averaged a three a game, and you know, he shot 32%. Um, but that volume, uh, especially on a Bucks team, isn't going to cut it in the NBA as an undersized forward. Uh, I don't think that's going to cut it either. Um, so, and I think his defense is pretty overrated. Average one and a half blocks a game. But I just, if the Bucks draft him, I'm going to be like, I think it's a mistake. My gut feeling is not good on him. All right. Trevor, you got anybody? No, I don't like to be negative. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no right. one. All right, all right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I I have, oh, Tyler, did you have anyone else? Sorry to cut you no, off. No, that's the one guy I do not want. <laughs> all right, all right, I had, I had a few guys that I had heard linked to the Bucks. Um, first was Jordan Poole from Michigan. Uh, he's a guy from Wisconsin. Um, so I, there's always that homecoming story that everyone's like, oh, that'd be awesome. But I don't know, I think it's just, stretch for him at 30 I think he should have stayed in college a little bit longer um I I don't think he's what the Bucks need that I know a lot of reports say he could be a great scorer off the bench he could be a, a microwave off the bench but from what I saw is a inconsistent shooter um seemed to force the issue a lot um, which I don't think there is room for that on the Bucks. I, I kind of felt like Sterling Brown did that a bunch, and I hated it. Um, so I I don't see Jordan Poole as a good fit for us. Next is Jonte Porter. I've seen a bunch of people link us to him. Uh, the dude's had two ACL sur- surgeries in college alone. Uh, he's going to be 20. He, I mean, he's young, and he could come back from that, but that's it's not a good sign that he's already had two of those surgeries and recently getting rid of Jabari Parker that's 
I think that's a little um, too recent <laughs> in our minds to bring in someone like that. Um, and then finally, Nas Reed. I, I used to like that guy. Um, I just, he's kind of a tweener. He's like a 6'9 guy who who might be able to stretch the floor, might not. Um, he's got a, a really questionable motor and energy to him, and you never want to hear that. Um, it, I mean, he's got an NBA-ready body, um, and he's got potential. He's a good rebounder. He's a solid defender uh, at times, but he does have a, a questionable questionable defense on the interior. interior. Um so uh, too many questions for that guy. So those are three that I'm going to not be super happy with if the Bucks take them. But a couple of years ago, I was saying I am happy with the Bucks taking anybody but DJ Wilson, and that's who they ended up picking. Hated it for a year and loved it this year. So maybe we'll be wrong if they do take one of those guys. So... um. Yeah, with with that, just really briefly, I wanted to bring up one more thing, some food for thought. Uh, there's been talk about the NBA flipping free agency and the draft, so having free agency occur before the NBA draft. The logic to that is that if you swing and miss on free agents, sometimes big-time free agents, you can target specific positions or players within the draft, um, and then you can make... Um, more maneuvers for trades during that night if you would like what do you guys think about that i like that idea um that'd be perfect um really yeah i i mean you get i hate waiting for free agency first of all there's all the speculation and you know it they build it up and build it up and it's like ah, i just want to know so i hate drafting first well i don't know if they're gonna I don't know if they'd move up free agency. I think they'd move back the draft. Right. Because okay. free agency is only, um, what, 10 days after the draft? July 1. Yeah, so, yeah, 10 days. Uh, right, well, okay. Well, if you push the draft, <laughs> you push the draft back, right, is what you're saying? And then still have free agency so. first is how they would do it? Yeah. I yep. I would like that because, I mean, think about it. If the finals went to seven games, they'd just be wrapping up, you know, this weekend maybe, <laughs> which in the draft yep. is this Thursday. So that's that's not a lot of time because the players like to, you know, reflect on their seasons, you know, determine if, you know, think about do I want to resign with this team? Do I want to go somewhere else? Um, so if you push back the draft and still add free agency first, I that'd be perfect then it's – I think it's a win-win. Basically what you said, if you miss on the free agents, you can target in the draft. I love that approach. Especially for a small Trevor. market team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trevor. Uh, I don't know. I in the, in the NBA it's so weird. <laughs> like outside of the lottery and some years like this year, it's like Outside of the top five, you really don't know what you're getting. Um, I mean, some years they take swings for high potential picks early in the lottery. Um, but you kind of know the five to ten players that are probably going to contribute at least some their rookie year. And after that, you have no idea. So for the other 20 teams in the league, 
they don't know if they're going to get a contributor. I mean, there's plenty of picks that don't pan out ever um, in their first-round picks. So I don't know. I Using the draft as a backup just doesn't really make sense to me. So going out and drafting best player available and then going to free agency after that makes more sense in basketball. Um, just the way the draft kind of goes that you really have to be a phenomenal player to get on the court in the NBA. Um, now you talk about football, it makes more sense to have free agency first and then the draft because there's seven drafts. There's a lot more rookies that are going to play and contribute compared to basketball. So I just think having the draft yeah, a lot first, more positions. you go in there, you're not thinking about um, role or like, position specific you're just going in there and trying to get the best player available or that you think is the best player available yeah i mean i don't know it i've got thoughts on both i mean they're both uncertain you like you said you could swing and miss on whoever you want outside of the top 10 picks your draft pick probably isn't going to be a huge contributor um probably wouldn't be um more contributing than a free agent could be i mean there's a lot more uh, free agents who are nba ready that you could pick from than um, draft picks at that position that are nba ready so i don't know and then the one big question i had was uh, a lot of teams make trades on draft night to open up cap space for free agency so like the bucks would potentially try to unload tony snell on draft night uh, how would that work if free agencies before are you going to have to just come to a verbal agreement with guys and be like hey well we're going to have to come up with a trade um, in the next 10 days to do before we can actually sign you uh, so I, I wonder how that would work out unless they move the trade up to um, up to free agency and then um, maybe have a, a different rule uh, rule change to the stipend rule or a stipend rule where you can't trade two first round picks in a row so I don't know there's a lot of questions but it's an interesting thing I think there's benefits to both so yeah huh well I think that um, before the NBA draft I think we should make a quick first round mock draft you guys in I'm in I'm All right. in. All right, we'll we'll do similar to uh, what we did for the NFL draft. We'll make our first thirty selections. We'll post them to Twitter before the draft, and then we'll see who gets uh, the more most points, the most accurate draft. Well, right. once I have Zion not going in the first round, you know I'm gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very tough. <laughs> He's in the clear for the NFL draft, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he could. He definitely could. But all right, I think that's all we got. Uh, feel free to give us your opinion on players that you would like the Bucks to see. Shoot us some questions about specific players that you might have, um, or even talk to us after the draft about uh, how you feel about the who the Bucks ended up picking, or who they got back in a trade. We'll see. Who knows? All right. Have a good one, Bucks fans. See ya. Peace out. Go Bucks.